from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of Indiana. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Here's a look now at this week's top three. Purdue University unveiling a landmark name, image, and likeness strategy built as unlike any other in the country with a very high-profile pitchman. Honda and South Korea's LG Energy Solution want to build a $4.4 billion joint venture EV battery plant. Published reports suggest Greensburg as a potential location. And kudos for Columbus. The Indiana Chamber of Commerce has named the county seat of Bartholomew County. It's 2022 Community of the Year. The chamber citing the city's world-class architecture, robust economy, and diversity. Now to our top story. For decades, the NCAA didn't allow student-athletes to make money from their name, image, or likeness. But that has changed and rocked the landscape of college sports, forcing colleges and universities throughout the country to respond. Purdue University has just released its answer, the Boilermaker Alliance, and organizers think it could be a gold standard nationally. Let's go to West Lafayette now, where Alliance co-founder Jeff McKean is at the iconic Bruno's with details. Uh, Jeff, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Gary. Thanks for having us. Uh, okay, let's get right to it. The Boilermaker Alliance, I know you and others uh, began to formulate uh, this uh, uh, organization in the spring and actually got it together in May. As you look at, at, at the, the components here, you're making an announcement of a big uh, person on the executive board in the, uh, by the name of Drew Brees. Absolutely. Um, we consider Drew to be the, the number one person really in the country to be involved in an effort like this. And it was our hope that we could get him involved in some capacity but the announcement that we're making is that he's actually coming onto our executive board uh, to work with us in the uh, operation at a, at a significant level. So we're very excited about that. Now let's talk about specifics uh, of the uh, the strategy here, the model that you've created uh, going forward. This is a model that connects student athletes at Purdue with charities. And there are a couple of components that you I know you feel makes this unique uh, in the country. One of them is the plan is for all 385 scholarship athletes uh, across the board to be a part of this uh, initiative. Absolutely. Uh, that's something we've, we've believed in uh, from the very beginning. Uh, many groups like ours are only addressing the revenue sports of football and men's basketball, and that never felt right to us. We're trying to build something here that's sustainable, uh, that our entire community can get behind. And uh, we think including all athletes is, is very important for that. There are so many great uh, Purdue Olympic athletes, David Badaya, uh, Steele Johnson, uh, Carl Winger, people like that, that have really brought, brought prominence to our university. We wanted to include them in this model as well. Well, let's talk about the model and how it works, uh, kind of in simple form, if you will. You're essentially pairing these athletes, these student athletes up with charities. How's, how's it going to work? Yeah, we are. We, uh, as an organization, we collect money from donors. Uh, we then uh, vet really high quality charities. And there's a lot of great ones that are that are just tremendous fits with Purdue University. Tyler Trent Foundation, Matt Light Foundation, uh, just, just some really good charities. We identify those charities. We then match them up with our student athletes. And the student athletes are working on behalf of the charities, promoting their causes. That might look like uh, autograph sessions, could be personal appearances, could be providing memorabilia. There's lots of things they can do. They may just be 
uh, meeting with kids, reading to kids, mentoring, those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, another unique aspect, as I understand it, uh, of how you're set up there, uh, you're not associated with Purdue University or connected to the university. However, the university supports your efforts and there's a kind of a cohesive uh, relationship there. Absolutely, and that's, that's really important uh, to us. Uh, by rule, we can't be. We have to be completely independent from the university. We can't take any uh, direction from them. But we have a unique situation. We're working hand-in-hand -hand with Purdue University. And actually, about 10 days ago, they issued a letter to all of their boosters indicating that they endorsed the work we were doing and recognized it as a funding priority. That is unprecedented, really, across the country. And uh, the people that are doing what I'm, I'm doing at other universities are very envious of that. So we're, we're very blessed. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of moving parts here and uh, organizations like the uh, Boilermaker Alliance forced to make decisions uh, very quickly. You've raised money. You have a target now of $6 million annually. I know you can't get into individual contracts, but looking at a goal of $6 million annually to, to fund this, uh, this effort. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a big number, but we've, we've analyzed it quite a bit. We think that's uh, what it'll take to be competitive. And when we started this out, we said uh, we didn't want to be middle of the road. Uh, we want excellence. We want to have the, the model. And we've looked at what other collectives are doing across the country. And we think this is going to put us uh, right up there with the best of them. All right. Purdue's answer to NIL and that changing uh, landscape in college uh, athletics, the Boilermaker Alliance. Jeff McKean, the co-founder of the organization. Thanks for joining us. We'll hope to see you soon. Thank you, Gary. Now let's get a different perspective on NIL. What about those former student athletes who didn't have the opportunity to get in on name, image, and likeness? Our Mary Rachel Redmond caught up with former Purdue basketball great Robbie Hummel to get his take. Former Purdue All-American and current Big Ten Network and ESPN analyst Robbie Hummel here at your, 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 your old stomping grounds yeah. outside Mackey Arena. Let's just get right to it. The Boilermaker Alliance what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it was really necessary for not only Purdue basketball, but also Purdue athletics department to kind of catch up with what the new landscape of college sports are. And with NIL, we've seen it change pretty drastically. And then you throw on top of that, you have the transfer portal. So there's a lot of change in uh, college sports. And, you know, some is going to be, I think, tough to deal with. Some's going to be for the better. Um, but I think with the NIL landscape, this is something that Purdue needed to do. And I think the Boilermaker Alliance has done a great job of kind of closing the gap, you could say, from, you know, when it started, I, I don't think we had maybe in place what we needed to, like some other schools had maybe been laying the groundwork pretty early. Um, and I think this really catches us up. So I think that they've done a great job of really doing that, closing that gap. And this is what we need to compete in in this era of college sports. You're a Purdue favorite, a hero to, to a lot of folks. You know, coming out of Valparaiso, you were highly recruited. You came here. I mean, if you were in, in, in those shoes, you know, now, how would this impact your decision <laughs> making, you know, when it, when it came to going yeah. to go, finding a college? Yeah, the, the game has changed. I mean, when I came to Purdue, I was like, I hope I play, you know. So, like, now um, there's some other things that guys are getting, and I'm happy for that. I think that there's student athletes that, um, you know, really need the money, and there's kids that are going to really benefit uh, there's a lot of money being made in college sports, and now it's going to the players. So I, I think as a former player, you're always going to be on that side of the fence. Um, it just makes sense. So I'm happy for that, but I do think that, you know, in terms of some of the regulation, that needs to improve. Um, but I, I think that this is a good thing for college sports overall, and, and the game is different now. You know, it's not like you're, you're not just going to college to get some playing time. You're, you're going to probably get some money as well.
why do you think the Boilermaker Alliance, what, what makes it special? What's it, what makes it unique, yeah. you know, from, from apart from some of these other collectives? Well, I love the fact that it, there's a lot of people behind this, this Boilermaker Alliance who are really good business minds and they're Purdue grads, which I think is important. And then they've assembled a really impressive team of former student athletes to kind of be on the advisory board. And I just think they've gone about doing it the right way. You know, they, they haven't cut corners. They've, they've done it by the book. They've, they're doing it in conjunction with the athletic department, which I think is important. So when you kind of mix all those things together, I think it's a great combination. They've done a great job so far. Robbie, thank you for taking the time to join us. Obviously, a lot more to come on name, image, and likeness um, all over the country. Back to you in the studio. All right, Mary Rachel. Well, just ahead, Labor Day weekend. Time to pause and take a deep dive and how Indiana's workforce is shaping up to meet the high-tech challenges of tomorrow. And we'll have more on the impact of NIL from a coach's perspective. Well, could Indiana be in the running for yet another massive EV battery plant? Honda Motor Company and South Korea-based LG Energy Solution want to invest $4.4 billion to build a joint venture battery plant to supply Honda vehicles. Now, a report this week in the Wall Street Journal suggests Ohio is the front-runner for that big investment, but adds Indiana, a site near Honda's Greensburg plant, is also in the running. The companies say they plan to begin construction on the factory early next year and start production of lithium-ion battery packs by the end of 2025. Brian Robbins leads the Economic Development Corporation of Greensburg and Decatur County. There's much more work to be done. Um, as far as workforce training, that goes hand in hand, obviously, um, and particularly with some of these higher tech investments, be it, you know, some of the investments up north with, with uh, biomed and, and, and battery and chips and whatnot, we're, we're needing a whole nother skill set. The, the more we can team up with uh, existing institutions such as, you know, Purdue University, IU, uh, the engineering schools, uh, you know, even the, the Ivy Tech and such, you know, that's all going to be uh, a greater attraction for businesses to, to look at. Honda produces the CRV Civic and inside at its Greensburg plant and employs about 2,700 workers there. It's time now for Eye on Education. It is Labor Day weekend, so what is the state of labor in Indiana? Can we supply enough skilled workers for companies like Honda and Stellantis as they begin hiring thousands of workers? For some answers, let's turn to Ivy Tech Community College President Sue Elsperman. And uh, President Elsperman, it's always great to see you, great to see you in person uh, in studio finally. Wonderful to be in studio yeah. with you, Gary. Okay, the question of the day, we're seeing these big deals. Uh, the GM uh, LG Energy Solution Partnership Joint Venture in South Bend, uh, the new Carlisle, Stellantis, and that uh, with uh, Samsung SDI in Kokomo. Big deals, big jobs. Can Indiana supply the workers needed? We can, and we will. And certainly I can tell you that Ivy Tech will be part of that solution, but couldn't be happier than to see Stellantis bring 1,400 jobs to Kokomo. And in that, fully engaging with the community and folks like Ivy Tech. So we can provide the kind of advanced technician training that they yeah. will need and are building the programs to match that yeah, need. We'll talk about that. You mentioned Stellantis and that, that uh, joint venture with uh, Samsung SDI. 
massive investment, as you said, 1,400 jobs. And I think it was it was mentioned at the actual announcement, the role Ivy Tech played mm -hmm. in that was, yeah. was critical. And I think yeah. that, that kind of underscores the importance of having a trained workforce. Well, and the commitment that Indiana has made to Ivy Tech, that Kokomo campus is one that went through a renovation over the last several years. It now has state-of-the-art labs. When the CEO from Samsung could see our Industry 4.0 labs mm -hmm. that are going to be producing the technicians that they need, it gave them confidence that mm -hmm. Indiana can do it, that Kokomo can do it, but also Ivy Tech as a system can provide them additional campuses as needed to skill up existing yeah. workforce and attract in the workforce that they will need. And I was going to ask you about that because the workers needed for these plants, is is it a combination or is it more of one or the other? Those workers that need to be upskilled, maybe they're in other industries, mm -hmm. need to be upskilled as opposed to new workers coming into the workforce. Yeah. It'll certainly be a combination. Uh, we know, though, that the skills are going to need are probably different than what they've had. We're building our programs to mirror exactly the battery kinds of programs, mm -hmm. those technician level jobs that will produce yeah. the kind of graduates and good employees that they're going to need. And you mentioned technicians, and I think uh, the majority of these jobs, as, as I'm understanding it, you're gonna have the need for engineers mm -hmm. and, and business uh, executive types, business majors, but the bulk are gonna be these technicians that re require associate degrees, upskill and, type And certifications, yeah. all the way up to associate degrees, and probably more than half the workforce in most cases. So. We're going to be flexible. Of course, everything we do is stackable, so we can stack from that first certification that allows an employee to come in and take that first level job up to the advanced technicians that will be working closely with the engineers. And those are gonna change over time and we're gonna to continue to, to adjust our programs yeah. to meet the needs of the employers. And you mentioned the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. You have pretty much a formal partnership now in well, going in on these deals and being kind of the key part of putting these deals together to attract investment and jobs. It is. Workforce is the number one concern of those employers looking at Indiana. They know we're a great place to be, to, to uh, have their business, but they want to be assured that we will provide them the workforce. So Ivy Tech, and I would say that about all of our four-year institutions mm -hmm. yep. as well, and Vincennes as well. We're all in it to make sure that we produce that workforce, that we attract in those that have maybe been left behind, that right. haven't had the opportunities in the past, bring them in, skill up, mm -hmm. and make sure that we're putting Indiana in the right place for the economy of the future. Ivy Tech Community College uh, President Sue Elsperman, as always, great to see you. And I know we'll be talking a lot more about this workforce issue going forward. All right. Thank you, Gary. All right. Well, Zionsville-based 120 Water getting a big boost to its bottom line to continue its mission of making the water we drink safer. And in this week's IBJ, Indianapolis getting support from suburban mayors to convince the state to change its road funding formula. A look at the impact of rising construction costs on Indy 11's proposed new stadium and music lovers heading to the state fairgrounds for the first ever all-in music and arts festival. This is Alex Brown. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand. This twice-daily podcast features our statewide Inside Indiana Business Radio reports with additional bonus content that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. 
You can listen now on the podcast page at InsideIndianaBusiness.com or subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time now for the business of health and a big investment for 120 Water. Kylie Valletta here with more on that story. 120 Water, really a cool story that keeps getting better. It is. It's the story that keeps giving for sure. <laughs> Zinesville-based 120 Water is celebrating a $1 million investment to support the startup's explosive growth. The tech company has developed a digital water platform for lead reduction and drinking water compliance programs. In just the last two years, 120 Water says its customer base has grown from 40 to now more than 400 customers. CareSource, a nonprofit health plan with a major presence in Indiana, announced the investment in 120 Water just days ago, leading the $3 million round. As one of the nation's largest Medicaid-managed care plans, CareSource says it wanted to support the mission of 120 Water to reduce risks of lead contamination in the communities it serves. Lead is considered a neurotoxin that can interfere with brain function and development. A recent study linked lead exposure to lower test scores in children. 120 Water co-founder and chief executive officer Megan Glover says a survey last year showed Indiana has some of the most lead service lines in the nation. There's federal legislation called the lead and copper rule. Um, and what that what that's going to do is um, basically force all of our water systems to um, actually build these inventories of service lines, identify if they are lead or not, and put a plan in place to get that out. Because um, again, this lead is a neurotoxin and once it enters your bloodstream, um, you can't get it out. And so it's a, a nationwide problem, all 50 states, not just isolated to Indiana, but it has massive public health repercussions. And Inc. 5000 recently named 120 Water one of the fastest growing private companies in the U.S. Indiana University Health has started testing monkeypox samples at a secure lab. IU says its pathology lab cuts testing time from eight days to 24 hours. Scientists say the monkeypox is a highly infectious disease that has spread rapidly since the first case in May. Since that time, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say Indiana has had more than 150 reported cases. IU Health says the lab enables scientists to safely deactivate and test for the virus in samples. Right now, test capacity is 500 samples a day and can grow with demand. You can check the latest cases by going to the new Indiana Department of Health data dashboard on the website. Johnson Memorial Health is joining forces with a world-renowned name in healthcare. The hospital will become a part of the Mayo Clinic Care Network, which will allow Johnson Memorial to tap into Mayo's vast system of specialists and researchers. Indianapolis-based health tech startup Oleo Health has closed on a 13 million Series A round of funding. The company develops software designed to improve outcomes for patients after they've been hospitalized or as they recover. The platform aims to streamline communication between hospital or physician teams and post-acute providers to create cost savings by preventing unnecessary ambulance trips, emergency room visits, and hospital readmissions. Kylie, back on that uh, 120 water uh, story, uh, a company that continues to grow $3 million. Anytime you get that, that's great. But especially in this environment, because I think that, that VC uh, yes. environment is tough. Yeah, she said the venture community right now, funding has really slowed down in yeah. the last 12 months. She says the tone has changed and that mm -hmm. uh, conservation of cash is king right now. And she's really grateful that Elevate Ventures actually was the matchmaker in this situation. They put CareSource and 120 Water together, really saw where their missions were overlapping 
Green, and she just says that Elevate Ventures recognize that it's still time to invest in Indiana companies that are building really great businesses. Importance of Elevate, good uh, good point. Kylie, mm-hmm. as always, thanks. We'll see you next Thank week. Thank you. Well, made in Indiana, automated farming, rolling full speed ahead. What this robot is doing and why it's making a big difference in agriculture. And join leaders in the healthcare and benefits industries for a panel discussion, diving into hot topics and key trends. The Power Breakfast Series Healthcare and Benefits event is an event you can't miss. It will be held at the Westin in downtown Indianapolis, September 23. Discover details and RSVP at ibj.com events. And here's a fun fact from Southern Indiana. And now your Chrysler TV caravan takes you to Santa Claus, Indiana. A vintage spot from 1955. Santa Claus Land, open for just nine years, catches the eye of an automotive giant to sell cars. Since then, the Southern Indiana theme park is now known as Holiday World and Splash and Safari and holds the distinction of being the world's first theme park. Here's a look at what's making news around Indiana now. Seymour will once again be home to the only ironing board maker in the United States. The Tribune reporting the operation will fire up in the week ahead and operate under a new name, Seymour Home Products, after Chicago-based Home Products International North America shut down production earlier this year. The new ownership has been recalling employees who had previously been laid off. Forbes is out with its annual list of America's best employers by state. Of the top 75 employers in Indiana on that list, 28 have their headquarters in the Hoosier State. The top Indiana-based companies in order are Community Health Network at number three, Roche at number four, Subaru of Indiana Automotive number six, Community Healthcare System in Northwest Indiana is at number 10, followed by Eli Lilly and Company at number 11. It's time to go inside innovation. Elwood-based tomato processor Red Gold is going high-tech at its expanded distribution center in Alexandria. The company says the space has an advanced racking system that allows it to move products more efficiently and also reduce truck traffic. Red Gold says workers can send finished goods to the warehouse without loading trucks. And wireless technology allows operators to connect to forklifts and shuttles. Made in Indiana robotic farming rolling into the commercial market now. West Lafayette-based ag tech company Solemn Tech will soon begin selling its ag robots to farmers. The robot examines real-time field conditions. And that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.